0: Rhymes Against Humanity with Adam Bradson. You get one guess who I am, and I am here on a very special episode of Rhymes Against Humanity. It is one of our uh, location shoots. I am here in Louisville, Kentucky. Did I say that all right, Louisville?
1: Louisville, you got it. I got it. All right. Uh, I did not get nailed it. Nailed it.
0: Yesterday with Heidi, I couldn't get it right. I couldn't say it right, but then she well, they, showed me. She did they
1: criticize back. you at the show? No, no, no,
0: no. no. I, uh, uh, everybody's sweet and nice down here. Yeah. It's, at it's, at it's least good, the yeah, ones yeah, at the show. I was going to say. So uh, Yeah, no, so I got it right. So anyway, so I am here with Dan Cannon, uh, who is, um, man, when you look up Renaissance Man in the dictionary. Uh, you might not see his picture, but uh, but but he would be on the short list. Here's, here's what the first things first is. Dan is so um, actor, musician, uh, lawyer. Uh, uh, what else? You must. There's others.
1: You know what they say about Jacks of all trades, too. Masters uh, yeah, and such. that's 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 about it, I guess. You know? Okay.
0: Now this is the thing that really impresses me is you are those things and you somehow eschewed um, your native callings. Uh, because you did not, however, end up as either a private eye or a porn star with the name Dan Cannon. It seems like your fate was predetermined as Dan Cannon, which is the coolest name in the world.
1: You know, they've done a lot of research on what your name means in terms of, you know, fatalism and all that stuff, and whether it actually determines any kind of outcome in your life, and uh, I, I, uh, I'm not sure if I beat the odds, <laughs> you know, but um, given all that research, but yeah, no, I, 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 uh, I, I think... I think lawyer and musician, you know, uh, probably, I mean, it's probably, that that name probably fits in there somewhere. I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Now, and the other thing I wanted to ask you, have you ever said in a court of law, since you are a lawyer uh, uh, from Kentucky, now I'm just a simple country lawyer. Have you ever said that?
1: I've never had the opportunity to because it's just kind of taken for taken for granted. Okay, down here you actually don't have to say that. Yeah, you don't have to say it. And do you
0: wear the the seersucker suit with the bolo? It's
1: part of your oath that you have to wear that and you have to... Um, basically, you know, it's, it's, it's incorporated by reference. That's a lawyer term <laughs> it's incorporated by reference that you are a simple country lawyer, if that's where you're from. Now, if I went up to litigate in New York or something like that, I would definitely take full advantage of that. Oh, okay. And one of my hero lawyers actually is the, the chicken from Futurama. I don't know if you, you know that. <laughs> yes. That, that guy guy's one of my favorites. <laughs> so I really try. I've tried to model my career after, after that, that gentleman.
0: Well, you're doing great. Now, mm-hmm. I don't want to bury the lead here. Of the two of us, one of us in a little more than a month is going to be talking to nine very special people in dresses.
1: Well, okay. So here's how that goes. We don't know who is going to be doing the actual talking to okay. the Supreme Court, so I don't. I don't want to sort of deflate that whole thing. Um, but yeah, there's 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 four. So so just the the background on that is that I am the lead counsel for Kentucky. In the same-sex marriage cases that um, are now under the name of Obergefell versus Hodges, that's probably how everybody's going to know them. Um, that will be argued at the end of April at the Supreme Court on Argu- April oh, argued. okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so that'll be argued on April 28th, um, but that involves four states, okay? And they've given us a limited amount of time to argue it. So, without getting too much into it, the long and short of it is we don't know exactly who's going to be arguing on our side yet.
0: So. Okay. So, uh, well, how uh, uh, I'm, uh, as I'm reading more about this case, I've started to get really into um, just the procedure of it. How will you know who makes that decision of who will talk? Uh, uh, do you know how that? How that yeah,
1: no. I mean, it's you know, look, it's terra incognita to me too. So, if you have figured it out procedurally, please let me know. Um, we've you know the the fact that there are four um, states involved means that there are somewhere in the neighborhood of 31 clients total that we have to look out for their interests. Wait, now in.
0: 31 that doesn't match by two. It's a marriage
1: case. No, that's correct. And you're very perceptive. That's because the Obergefell case out of Ohio, one of the, uh, one of the plaintiffs died. Oh, okay. And that's part of the whole issue is, you know, who gets to be on the death certificate? What happens to right. survivors benefits, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so yeah, it, it, but, but there's way more than 31 lawyers on the case. And so we all have to kind of uh, balance our interests and our clients interests and our egos and everything else
0: so, so are you guys are, are all thirty one plus you going to be up up in d c in hotel rooms
1: well um i don 't know I mean I know that most of the Kentucky folks are going to go um, that 's the way it looks right now okay we 've encouraged everybody to go um i you know i 'll certainly be there and and the folks on my team from my firm will be there. Uh, we're also working with folks from the uh, from the Stanford Supreme Court Litigation Clinic and from uh, the ACLU who have been enormously helpful throughout imagine, this yeah. whole this thing. Yes, I mean they know everything about the Supreme Court, and we basically know nothing. So that was that was helpful, okay. you know, to get into it. And so, you know, to get back to your question about procedure, I don't know because I don't really think about Supreme Court procedure, but. Um, you know, not only that, but this is just sort of an unprecedented thing. You know, this is a case that is not like your average case that's up so, at the Supreme Court. Why is that? Well, because you've got four states. That's, you know, I mean, that's basically it. You've got four states. You've got a lot of plaintiffs. They've given us a limited amount of time. And typically what the Supreme Court does is you have one case and they grant what's called certiorari on that case. That means they agree to hear the case. And, um they give you a half hour per side to argue the case. Okay. Um, and in this case they've granted technically five cases and given us two and a half hours total to argue the case. Okay. And so it's kind of like you guys sort it out and tell us how you want to do the argument. And you can imagine the sort of situation that's created, We're uh, trying to get everybody on the same page to figure out the best way to structure that. Okay.
0: And, <clears throat> and then so, um, now, uh, if, if I understand, it, do, do I understand right, the Supreme Court, w- when you're talking to the Supreme Court, you are really only discussing uh, the constitutionality of, of of the parts of your case. It's no longer uh, uh, the he said, she said, guilty and innocent.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, I mean, it wouldn't, you know, that wouldn't apply in our case anyway, because right. it's just been purely a constitutional case all the way up. Uh, but yeah, they, they are the final word on the constitution. They're very selective about the cases they take. And usually if they're going to take a case, it's because there's a discrete question of constitutional law that they want to answer. Okay. So, uh,
0: and so in <coughs> this case, is that discrete question the, uh, of the 14th amendment and
1: yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, there's, there's two questions in our case and one is, um, does the 14th amendment Require states to marry same-sex couples, issue licenses to same-sex couples. We call that the licensure question, and then question two is: Does the Fourteenth Amendment require states to recognize valid out-of-state marriages? So, and that's really the way that most of these cases started. It's the way the Kentucky case started. Is that we have. You know four plaintiff couples that got married in iowa they got married in canada uh, connecticut and california okay um and they came basically you get married there you have a, a valid marriage for all intents and purposes you are married and you come to the state of kentucky and you're no longer married okay right? <laughs> so it's you know in, in right now we're in this bizarre situation where Indiana now recognizes Indiana's five minutes away, right? You know, and, and I drove from there today. <laughs> so uh, if I had been married to a man in Indiana, um, then, you know, that would be perfectly fine under uh, as, as it stands in the state of Indiana now and under federal law. But driving five minutes across the bridge, I would no longer be married sitting here talking to you, right? Yeah, you know, the, the law essentially, Kentucky law looks at it as a nullity that that marriage does not exist.
0: Uh, so, in terms of, um, um, is there a fancy legal term for re- for for accepting other states' laws like that, is, or whatever that that term? Is?
1: Yeah, we're just saying recognition. recognition. So, yeah.
0: So, so would would like Loving v. Virginia be a precedent?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that we're going to rely, we have relied up to this point pretty extensively on Loving versus Virginia because, okay. you know, and 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 for those of you that might be listening that don't know, Loving versus Virginia is the interracial marriage case. It was decided in 1967. That uh, basically says, you know, states can't restrict um, blacks from marrying whites, whites from marrying blacks, and so on and so forth. And so, and and so, basically, can't restrict uh, marriage on the basis of race. And we're saying that it should be the same on the basis of sex. Okay. And, and and all the arguments that are for and against are, in my mind anyway, perfectly analogous between the Loving case and what we've got going on in. Uh, the Burke case in Kentucky, or Obergefell at the Supreme Court.
0: Okay. And where uh, of all the names I was reading, there's Love somewhere in the name of one of these cases. That's uh, right. I, so <clears throat> that, 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 that seems convenient.
1: Yeah, the second Kentucky case we we brought had a very fortuitous uh, name attached to it, and okay. that's, that's Timothy Love, who was our um, lead plaintiff in that case. And um, so, you know, we had hoped <laughs> that the Supreme Court would... Um, uh, sort of appreciate the poetic justice and uh, uh, <laughs> and uh, name, style the case Love versus Kentucky or Love versus Bashir, but that, that hasn't happened. Uh.
0: Now, it seems to me that uh, a lot of these, when I want to hear about these cases, you know, when I listen to Dahlia uh, podcast or whatever, it seems like with most cases that come to the court, it's really like eight guys can take the day off and John Roberts could just listen in a lot of cases. Is there... Uh, Is there a breakdown on on marriage? Do you happen to know, like, which guys, you know, Scalia's going to be over here and and, uh, and Clarence Thomas, who knows?
1: Well, we never know for sure, you know, and, and there's a lot of speculation about that. And, you know, I mean, to be honest, you don't have to speculate a whole lot. You can look back at the opinions in the Windsor case, which was issued two years ago, and that's a big case that we're relying on about how the federal government has to recognize uh, valid marriages in the States. Right. So, okay. so if, so if uh, you know, and that was, that was just 2013 and then there's been a groundswell of this litigation, um, since then. And if you look at the opinions in the Windsor case, um, you can pretty much tell, you can read the tea leaves. It doesn't take, you know, a legal scholar to say, well, yeah, I, I don't think justice Alito is going to be in favor of this. We mm. pr- think that we probably are not going to get Scalia. Uh, and then we think that we're probably not going to get Thomas. Um, and everything else is, is up in the air. Okay. So, <clears throat> uh,
0: um, so now this is the case, this is the case that you argued in front of the Sixth Circuit in Indiana. Is this the same case?
1: Um, there was a case in Indiana, um, also named Love that we brought and that, that, um, has basically just resolved. Uh, long story there. But anyway, uh, this is the Sixth Circuit covers Kentucky. Tennessee, Ohio, and Michigan. Okay. Um, so, no, it's separate from the Indiana case. But, yeah, it is the same cases uh, that, that we had at the Sixth Circuit.
0: Okay, and they ruled? did they rule against you or, or in favor of you? Against. Against. And that's yeah. kind of what you want. <laughs> you want to bump this up, up to the, I mean...
1: Well, no, we'd like to have an opinion in our favor. <laughs> I mean, you know, in, in every other circuit that it's been argued, I mean, really, the Sixth Circuit is one of the only courts in the country since the Windsor case in 2013 to say... You know no, there is no constitutional right to marriage, there is no constitutional right to have your marriage recognized okay um, and so they're really an outlier on this issue um, and and we think that's why the court took the case it, all the other circuits there there were circuits that went before us where the appellate court said, you know there is this right, there is the right to marry there is the, in states you must recognize out of state marriages, and the Supreme Court declined to take those cases
0: so so, but, but if you would have won. Uh, in, in Indiana uh, uh, wouldn't it have been would it have been over or
1: well if we'd have won at the 6th Circuit um, there would be marriage in Kentucky right now there would be marriage in Kentucky Ohio, right. Tennessee I mean the, the more, more than likely there would be marriage in all those states right now because that's what hap- that's what's happened in every other circuit I mean they're performing marriages in Florida they're right. performing marriages in Alabama which we never thought would happen <laughs> we never thought would happen before Kentucky but here we are right. yeah. and
0: it, it seems it, it kind yeah. of feels like uh, uh, um, you know, with the news that trickles through through to me it seems like, uh, like, like, like the old white people are almost in their death throes. Like what the the Roy Moore's uh, uh, ruling the other day, and then what didn't Oklahoma just rule like you have to believe in marriages? It's not it's not a law yet. Did you, did you read they passed in Oklahoma? Yeah. Faith. Yep. Yeah. Marriages are only for people of faith.
1: Yeah, well, I'm not sure what the idea is behind that Oklahoma bill. I haven't read the actual bill. I, I mean, I, I get that. This uh, and it's I mean, I think it passed by a wide margin in the Oklahoma House uh, where they've basically taken the ability to license marriages away from the clerks altogether. Right. Um, And so now you just get a certificate of marriage if you've had, you know, your your church or your temple or whatever issue. Um, actually perform a marriage ceremony i don 't know how it works yeah
0: <laughs> it just seems like like they 're just throwing batches at the wall that is,
1: that is absolutely live. right. It is the last gasp of a dying man yeah, so
0: that 's good news yeah now if you guys if you guys win this uh uh, uh nine nothing and they will you think in, in june
1: uh yeah though we 'll we'll probably have an opinion in june
0: okay and so so if the if the opinion gets writ um is that it is it is it fifty states all legal party all, on
1: all fifty states this is the final countdown this is the okay so yeah. so
0: here's another thing you know I just ten years ago two thousand four or whatever people were campaigning uh, uh, on I want an amendment that marriages between a man and woman, a constitutional amendment that marriages between a man and a woman and now just ten years later we're on the precipice of of, 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 of like almost total victory yeah why do you think that is
1: well That's a great question, and I mean, it's something that we've been kind of scratching our heads trying to figure out, you know, and and some of it has to do with all the work that was going on in 2004 and before that, Um, you know, in 1993, I think it was, there was a Hawaii Supreme Court decision that said, um, you know, under the Hawaii Constitution, you can't stop same-sex couples from getting married, and I think a lot of people are surprised to know that it goes back that far. Um, but in the you know the 20 intervening years, there's just been huge, huge changes. Uh, and in the the late 90s, there was all this legislation, including the legislation in Kentucky, just in response to what happened in Hawaii, just like as a bas- as a backlash, I guess. And you've got um, these these state laws that are written into uh, the domestic relations codes that say, well, it's only a man and a woman, and we're not going to recognize anything else. Of any kind, not a civil union, not a partnership, nothing, you know, okay. no, nothing like that. Um, and then in 2003, you have the Massachusetts Supreme Court decision. Now, all that got undone in the meantime in Hawaii. And then in 2003, you've got this Massachusetts decision that that was spearheaded by uh, Mary Bonato, who's on the Michigan team in the Supreme Court case that we've got right now. She's just a brilliant advocate and has been at the forefront of. Anything LGBT related for the last 20 years, everything important that's happened has happened under Mary's watch. So um, her case was basically the Supreme Court of Massachusetts said, yeah, under the Massachusetts Constitution, it had nothing to do with the federal constitution, but the Massachusetts Constitution will not allow um, a state to prevent same-sex couples from getting married. And so that was the big one, really. That was kind of the the big triggering event that started, um, I don't know, something like 20 states, 30 states, uh, then enacted constitutional amendments to their state constitution saying, no, 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 marriage is only one man, one woman. That way you can't bring state constitutional litigation. And so that went on, and basically nothing happened for about 10 years until you have the Windsor opinion in 2013. Since the Windsor opinion says... You know, you've got Justice Kennedy writing this very strongly worded opinion about how the federal government has to recognize these marriages, or it demeans and degrades the couples, and it degrades their children, and it makes them not a family, and it relegates them to second-tier status, and all the stuff that we know is true. Um, Since that time, the federal courts have kind of taken the initiative to say, oh, yeah, we should start paying attention to this kind of litigation. Um, and using Justice Kennedy's language, and more importantly, Justice Scalia's language from his dissent, okay. um, to to say, well, this is this is how we can use the what's going on in Windsor to say that same-sex couples ought to have the the Fourteenth Amendment right to get married in all fifty states, uh, or whatever state that we're you know we're in. So right. that's that's what the the federal judge did in Kentucky. He said like, look, kind of the federal constitution mandates this, um, and, and it mandates that the states recognize these marriages and not only that, but you have to license marriages between same sex people because, um, you know, it's the right thing to do basically because right. the equal protection clause, uh, it, it makes it so. And, um, so, so that's where we are and in in the, the two years between Windsor and, you know, now we've gone from I can't remember what the count was in 2013. Maybe 10 states, fewer than 10. Yeah, you know that that recognized um, same-sex marriage too. I think we're at 38 now. Okay. So and 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 my fear is that Kentucky is going to be the last one to go. But (laughs) um, you know that doesn't appear to be uh, what's going to happen. Okay.
0: So so if you win this in June. Somehow, these these states that still don't allow gay marriage—they don't seem like uh, capitulators. These are you know these are states that seceded from the union rather than capitulate previously. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. what what would be there?
1: Well, but there's see- Michigan and Ohio too, you know, which we you know, we we would have expected. And Kentucky hasn't really—I don't know—I don't want to say too much about that, but Kentucky hasn't hasn't fought a hard fight. You know, they've said the governor Bashir said all along that, you know, we want the Supreme Court to decide the issue. Um, but aside from their incredibly disparaging laws, they have gone out of their way not to disparage gay and lesbian families, gay and lesbian people. Um, that's not the approach taken by Tennessee, and it's not the approach taken by Michigan. You, okay. know, you can tell that they really believe it, uh, and they really be- and, and it's surprising, but it's not necessarily the Deep South that is the uh, the real holdout here. Now, nobody in the North, nobody in the Sixth Circuit, to my knowledge, has said anything about. Ignoring federal law or ignoring an order of a federal court because we're just going to do things our way. Okay. And that's what's going on in Texas and in Alabama with Judge Moore.
0: And it, it, seems it, 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 these, it seems like federal okay. law is, is overlapping. Uh, uh, federal law and, and state law is, is coming at odds more like on both sides. Like I see the, uh, you know, in Colorado, you know, marijuana is illegal because, you know, I was taught growing up that federal law trumps state law. And and the federal law the, the, uh, have said, mm, go ahead, you know, they're raising, they're raising a lot of money and we're not going to cause a stink over this. So it seems like that would set some sort of precedent for, well, you know, federal law is what we follow when we feel like it.
1: Just the simple fact that you understand the principle that federal law controls over state law, I think, makes you more qualified <laughs> to be a state legislator than just about anybody that's serving <laughs> anywhere. No, I mean, you know, and that's that's, I mean, when we see these kind of things, like there was a bill in Texas where they said, well, no matter what the federal court, it's literally what the language of the bill is, is no matter what the federal court <laughs> says about marriage, it's still going to be one man, one woman. <laughs> and to you know, just think that you can legislate around federalism right. or the principles that founded the entire country. Right. Um, yeah, no, it's, that's the kind of thing. It's the sort of desperate backlash that we're seeing. And, and, and different states have come up with novel and creative ways to, to do that, but I don't expect any of that in Kentucky.
0: Okay. Good. Yep. Well, that, that's 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 awesome. That's so, and finally the the last question: Which suit are you going to wear? You have, you have one suit that's a little nicer than the others.
1: Well, yes, definitely. I bought a suit specifically for this issue. Ooh, a Scotus suit. Yeah. No, it's it's uh, it's very very fancy, and uh, I got it um, from like the mall, um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I got some new glasses from the Walmart, and. Um, <laughs> and i have i'm really excited that uh, and i don't want to i' don't want to give away the farm here again, but I have some friends that um, are married and are seeking to have their marriage recognized here in Kentucky, and some old and dear friends that uh, gave me a Notorious RBG shirt. Yes. And uh, so I will be wearing that under my suit. Oh,
0: that is awesome. That yeah. is great. Somebody showed me the other day, uh, somebody has a, a, a Notorious RBG tattoo. That's awesome. I saw that. That is wow. great. That's yeah. great. And then you posted mm-hmm. just the other day, you posted like an old hot picture of her.
1: Wow. Earth in the 50s. Wow. <laughs> Again, don't want to say too much because uh, you never know when uh, these uh, sorts of recordings can fall into the wrong hands. But <laughs> damn.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, okay, so uh, so let's 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 leave the law. Well, one more thing though, you are like as an attorney, you know, it's 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 a maligned profession, um, it, almost as maligned as folk singer. So <laughs> you got you got a couple of professions there, and then and then actor was never was never particularly high on the social ladder up until Hollywood was invented.
1: Yeah, I guess that's so. Yeah, um, all things that uh, uh, people tend to like and revile at the same time. It's uh-huh. weird. Yeah.
0: So how, what what drew you to 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 law? How did you how did you end up? Uh, where, first of all,
1: where did you go to undergrad? Uh, University of Louisville. For, okay. for both undergrad and for law, and okay. um, you know, look, I mean, I just to be honest, I mean, I hit after I got through college, I did what everybody does that goes into to law school, or at least ninety percent of the people that go to law school. And you hit the big career default button. You're like, well, what am I going to do with myself now? I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty good at this school thing, so I'll go to more school. Um, didn't make sense to me to just do a master's program, so I went to law school, and I never um, expected to actually be a litigator. Kind of thought that I was going to go to work for a nonprofit organization or yeah. something like that, because that's where the money is, right? <laughs> yeah. Between that and the
0: and music, you'll make you'll make both. Yeah,
1: obviously, my my sole interest in life has been making gobs and gobs <laughs> yeah. of money. So, so here I am, a civil rights litigator. Um, doing lots and lots of pro bono work, but no, uh, and and I ended up at a, at a civil rights firm doing mostly employment discrimination, and mm-hmm. then started um, dabbling in the constitutional litigation, and and, um,
0: and you also do a uh, 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 police brutality cases and stuff like that. Like you're right in my wheelhouse, and like all the stuff, yeah. that, you know, all the all the my my Facebook anger angry feed. <sighs> excellent, excellent. Yeah, so. no,
1: maintain that anger. We need people like you on juries. <laughs> no, oh, um, no one would. I
0: would never. They would. I, they wouldn't see me on it. Oh, well,
1: I, I would, but uh, get yourself I, okay. get yourself appointed judge. How about that?
0: I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm already sort of an amateur judge. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I mean, yeah, you've you've, uh, you've um, yeah, um, obviously displayed a, a superior understanding of the <laughs> law um, for purposes of this program. So I well, think well, you me, got my vote. Well, thank
0: you. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this: when you say uh, when you talk about state judges, I, I see uh, at all levels, uh, uh, politicians say things that range from downright idiotic. Uh, 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 to somewhat less idiotic yeah. and uh, I like to think, not in all cases, because there are idiots, but I like to think that they 're not really stupid they 're more evil I, I, um, <laughs> uh, and and sometimes I, I feel you know I, I cannot believe that that all the Republicans in the House of Representatives don 't believe. That climate change is man made yeah, I think that they just think they have to toe the party line
1: it's funny, I mean, we had this conversation. a lawyer friend of mine it had this sort of debate about that on Twitter a couple of days ago, and I think it was over it was over the bill that they just proposed in Indiana, which is to allow public school teachers to celebrate Christmas in the classroom, okay and We're sort of like, well, they can already celebrate Christmas. I mean, you know, I want to know really where the front line is on this war on Christmas because I don't believe, and and somebody out there, if you're listening, please prove me wrong on this, but I don't believe anybody in America has ever stopped anybody else from celebrating Christmas. I don't think it's ever happened, but anyway.
0: I would love to. If if, if it weren't breaking the law, I would be all over that shit. You would
1: stop. You would just stop somebody at gunpoint and say, stop celebrating Christmas. No and and so there's this bill and the the purpose of the bill was to um to to stop people from litigating, you know, under again it's a federalism issue. So so this way if we have this bill or we have this law in place that says teachers can celebrate Christmas, no one will sue us under the federal constitution. <laughs> and it's like you're still going to get sued if you violate the federal constitution, but allowing a teacher to celebrate christmas doesn't violate the federal constitution so you know it's yeah there is and, and there's some question as to whether i mean i think most of it is probably stupidity i mean you know if you look at the bill that was going on in texas this is this is this was proposed by somebody who has no understanding of basic civics sorry but yeah. I mean, it just it just appears so you really it, think that it appears that way done. well you know um i don't know it's hard to say i mean somebody like somebody like ted cruz you know, who is, who is a Harvard educated lawyer. This is the point my friend, uh, Joe Dunman brought up. Um, it, it, he's a Harvard educated lawyer and you don't get to be a Harvard educated lawyer. I've known enough of them. They're all very smart. Okay. You know, I mean, it, and it's, it's not just, it's not just flashy sort of, you know, um, I, I, I my parents installed me. I mean, you have to be pretty sharp to, to, get to get in and to get through. Right. Right. And, and so, you know, when he, When there's stuff like that about climate change, I mean, I have to, or just basic federalism principles that Ted Cruz doesn't appear to understand, (laughs) you know, or somebody like Rand Paul, maybe not understand, you know, it's, it's, that's, that's a little bit more of a coin toss for me. It's like, I can't believe that you're actually that stupid, but I, you know, who knows?
0: Which brings up our next point about Rand Paul, who is trying, he doesn't. He wants to run for president, but he's too big a puss to actually go all in. He still wants to run for senator in case he loses. <laughs> <laughs> and yep. so they're trying to, like, if I get this right, they're trying to change your primary into a caucus
1: uh, yeah, I don't, I mean, I've been in uh, marriage case territory here, so right. I, don't, I don't exactly know what's going on with that. I don't, I don't, I don't know that I can add anything intelligent to that. I understand, <laughs> I understand that he can't, yeah, he can't, he can't run for two offices simultaneously. And that's, that's about the, I know they're trying to change that, but that's the extent. So he know. can't, it just seems yeah. like
0: the people at that level, it just seems like, well, I write laws, but laws—they're not for me. I write for you guys.
1: <laughs> you know, and that's—I think—that's always been the case for people that have been in power oh <laughs> since time immemorial. That is probably
0: you know, my 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 core anger—the little coal that burns inside me. And if you look at all of my outrage, it comes from the fact that some people get stuff that other people, and whether it's like you know, you're good looking, so you get more hand jobs. like that pisses <laughs> me off too. You know? you
1: know, and and you wouldn't think that after you know a decade of doing civil rights cases that little tiny injustices would burn away at me and just eat me alive every day, but they do. I was thinking about that this morning. Just mm-hmm. little things, you know, just just like that is not fair and it makes me crazy, but I have to, you know, abide by it because it's something that a judge said or it's something that a lawmaker did or whatever. You know, you just you gotta you gotta to, to the extent we all gotta toe the line to um but it doesn't stop it <laughs> it is not um all this year all the years of being exposed to that sort of thing have not Numbed me to it completely. I'm still. It still eats me alive every day.
0: Good, good. I'm, I'm, yeah. It's good to see that passion. I see. You know, it's, it, it's really hard to maintain the passion as you get older. I mean, you, I, uh, you've got you've got quite a busy life. You got you got a wife. You got a kid. You got dogs. You, you're going to the <laughs> Supreme Court to argue. So, uh, um, where uh, I imagine uh, uh, I, first, thank you for making an hour for me. <laughs> I, this was, yeah. I imagine you're quite busy right
1: now. No, this is actually a relief to rant and rave like this. Oh, good, I glad hope, to hear. Hope I don't get sued over it or something. Bring it. Yeah, I will, I will testify on your
0: behalf. <laughs> I was, I don't know, he's walking to into my house and put uh, down a microphone, uh, and started talking. <laughs> no idea. No. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's get away from from the icky law and let's talk music. Where did did your uh, your folks play music?
1: You know, no, not really. Uh, okay. You know, I think my dad played a little guitar. He went around too much. Um, and I, I, but no, I mean, it's something I just kind of picked up on my own when I was like 12. So, okay. know, I wanted to play guitar for a long time. And,
0: and the reason you first picked up a guitar was? Uh,
1: you know, I don't, probably to get girls. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's the real answer. If that's anybody if any, answer, if anybody yeah. uh, were, were to answer that question, honestly, it didn't work. I like but a case of like, you post for... your hate mail,
0: which I think is also very oh, great. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I haven't got too much of that, and I haven't, you know, the, the good thing is that I haven't heard about that happening too much anymore, you know. And I, I have to think back about the lawyers that did Loving versus Virginia and did mm-hmm. the race cases, like like Brown versus Board of Education, you know, and all that stuff where where the racial tensions were so high, and I bet those guys got death threats every day. Yeah, and we haven't seen anything like
0: that. Oh, great! You know,
1: all the hate mail, quote unquote, hate mail that I've gotten has been, you know, listen, you got to give yourself to Jesus, and you know, why are you doing this to America, and please reconsider and do something else. You know, it's, that's, that's, that's yes. basically the tone of most of the mail that I've got, which is not, you know, look, it's hard to get too pissed off about that. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, look, you, you, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, and you're not, you're not sending me rattlesnakes or anthrax in, in the mail, so okay. I'm, I'm okay with that.
0: Now, before I got to town a couple of days ago, on my way down, I stopped and saw the Creation Museum. Have you been there to the Creation Museum? I have not. Oh my no. god! It's a shame to give those fuckers thirty dollars. I hated that. <laughs> it's thirty dollars to get in. Mm-hmm. But, oh my god! It's a beautiful museum, full of full of full of lies. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, they they did manage to get at least for the time being the uh, the Ark Park thing shelved, so they're not you know going to be shelling out eighteen million dollars with the tax breaks on that. I don't know if you guys have heard I, about that. I north. did. That made yeah. me
0: super angry. So, yeah. but now they it's a it's like uh, like public radio now. You can donate like for a hundred dollars, you can buy a peg in the ark and they'll put your name in it. Actually, Heidi said that <laughs> it's she like wants the public
1: buy a- radio. <laughs> yes, it's just like public radio. I never <laughs> thought I would never thought to make that analogy in my life, but she really brought that home for me. because
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, and you can sign up, it's hundred dollars, but you you don't pay it all at once. They'll they'll sign up for ten dollars a month for the peg, and they'll put your they'll inscribe your name on the peg. And Heidi brilliantly said she wanted to to sign her name as uh, 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 American. Choice org. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Very nice.
1: So. Yeah. No. I. Uh, I have resisted the idea of going to um, the Creation Museum because I don't want to give them any money. Uh, but I do. I mean, I do kind of love the idea, and I'm sort of jealous that you went. And I saw some of the pictures, and I love it. <laughs> and, you know, what I really wanted to do is just do the Kentucky. You know, get the whole Kentucky experience, and go um, both to the Creation Museum and to Dinosaur World in Bowling Green in the same day. Oh, yes. I think it could be done and it would be like, you know, compare the uh, ancient records in Dinosaur World to... Uh, well, anyways.
0: Yes, well, uh, it's, it makes perfect sense because you only have to have one kind of every animal. So if you have one, two dogs, you don't need every breed because in their DNA, the helixes and whatnot, is the, the capacity to change. Now that's not evolution. That's change. So once you get your two German Shepherds off the boat, they'll breed into all the breeds that you need because that's how God planned. It. Sure. Okay. That's all right. their
1: default. So, so, and so that would that solves the problem. That solves the space problem. That's the idea. That's
0: half the space problem. The okay. other half is look, even a brontosaurus was at one time the size of a football when it was an egg. So don't bring an adult brontosaurus, just bring a couple
1: of babies. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. And what is the growth rate of a brontosaurus? Does it explain that like um, if you brought if you brought a baby brontosaurus? <laughs> which I understand. I mean, my understanding is that a brontosaurus isn't really a brontosaurus, but anyway, that's right, another that's, that's another yeah. topic. But but if you brought the baby brontosaurus on board, how fast would it would it take over the entire deck that you brought it on? There? I
0: believe that uh, God put it in stasis. Probably, I love that they have you know they, they have their scientific answer that for anything. Like they use the G word. <laughs> they can talk. To, it's like a bat. They, they can get out of jail free card. <laughs> so that was that was that was a trip. It it, it did hurt me a little bit. For the, for the $60, for the $30, but uh, uh, but I'm so glad I went I, I, because I, I... And I was look I was trying to make eye contact with anybody who might have been there, ironically. And I could not find anybody. There was one dude with a big beard, and I thought, maybe he's my guy. But he, he didn't make eye contact with me, and, and it was just... Um, this is... this was, I found this sort of surprising. Eve does not take the brunt of the abuse. It's Adam. Oh, really? The dick, yeah, like, it, it talked over and over in panel after panel... Adam ate the ate the stuff, and that's why everything hurts, and you die, and all that crap. And and she she actually, so I think that's a little bit of progress.
1: That that yeah, that's very um, well, comparatively very theologically progressive. Yeah, compared to what I've heard about that from forever. <laughs> but you know, hey, good on you, Creation Museum, moving moving things into the
0: and I, I just 17th
1: the, century. But it's <laughs> <century>. somebody <laughs> say
0: about Rick Santorum? He's the finest legal mind of the 16th century. <laughs> uh, well, mm-hmm. when I used to write the, uh, the political blog for Celebrity, whenever I was on deadline and had nothing to write about, I would just Google Rick Santoro. <laughs> I, I could make 800 words out of yeah. that whenever mm-hmm. he was doing that yeah. day. Yeah, so
1: it's, it's uh, ripe, ripe uh, material. Yeah. So you start
0: playing guitar around 12. Yeah. Uh, when did you start writing songs?
1: Oh, gosh. At the same time. I mean, I always wrote songs. Okay. Probably before that. Um, okay. Terrible songs. And, uh, you know, the, the trend in writing terrible songs has not uh, changed, but, you know, <laughs> they've at least become shorter and... Uh, more palatable to you, to the average listener. I hope they're no longer, you know, 12 to 15 minutes long and um, have 13 guitar <laughs> solos. Yeah, no, I got uh, got yeah. out of that thankfully when in my 20s and <laughs> was able to move on. Good.
0: Um. So you have um. What was your What was your first guitar?
1: Um. It was a a Bentley acoustic guitar. Okay. That was probably the most difficult thing to play ever in the world, you know, and I taught guitar for like a decade before I ever went to law school and I still teach sometimes.
0: you're you're, you're one of the workshop guys in Connecticut. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. So we, we know some people in common because of that. Um, and so, yeah, no, I was teaching at national workshops and that kind of thing, but I was, I was teaching, you know, here in Kentucky a lot, um, you know, full time. And one of the things that I see consistently, and I, I think my own mother fell into this trap is the myth that you've got to start your kid out on this acoustic guitar and not just any acoustic guitar, but the worst acoustic guitar that you could ever try to play. It's got like 15-gauge you know, strings, yeah. and it's, you know, the action is three feet off the neck. And this is what I see these nine-year-old kids come to me with over and over again. And I'm like, you know, you can play the electric guitar. That might, that might actually be a good place for you to start. Something you could actually press down. Yeah. You know, so um, yeah, if, if anybody's listening out there, you don't have to start your kids on the acoustic guitar. That's a public service announcement. Nice.
0: When, when I teach lessons, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a shredder by any stretch. I'm a, I'm a three chord, I'm a cowboy mm-hmm. chord guy. And when I teach lessons, I can teach you 12 lessons, and then you know everything I know. If you're, if you're still interested, I'll send you down the road to someone else. Yeah, right on. But I do this, this thing, like I remember distinctly uh, being taught, trying to be, be taught music in, uh, as a kid with piano and stuff. And they just got so wrapped up in the theory and the boredom and the scales that I quit before it ever got fun. And so my goal is to get you to the fun part in seven minutes and I'm going to give you I have a I have a 4 minute theory lecture where I teach you about the 1 4 5 and I show you the, the wheel the circle of chords the circle of fifths and then we and then I teach you a C and I teach you a G and then we play a song and so by the end by 20 minutes from now you've played a song very poorly but you know how to play Buffalo gals or whatever that
1: is so important I mean I think it's really really important when you're trying to hook a kid and get them to you know, like playing guitar, yeah. they've got to start making music right away. And, and I mean, I, I sneak the theory in gradually. I have a little bit of a different approach to that. I mean, I, I will eventually, hopefully get a kid to like learning theory, you okay. know, cause I always really enjoyed it, you know, but when I got to the point where I actually understood some theory, it was like, Oh yeah, I can use this and make it make different sounds. And, you know. know, like I can kind of have some control over the kind of sounds that you make. And I, I, I like that aspect of it. Um, but I try to sneak it in on the students. But you know, first and foremost, get them playing a song for sure. Yeah. yeah.
0: Speaking of song, this is where we're going to insert a song. You're all you're all deep in, in Scotus world, so you don't want to you haven't played, so you don't want to play. But you're gonna. Yeah. But we're gonna we're gonna put in a song here. What song are we going to show the people now? With the, what song you want
1: to? Oh gosh, them? let's see here. Uh, well, this is a song that we recorded uh, about a year ago with my band, the Vatican Bank, and um, it is called "Good for You."
2: I tried to save what I could Tried to make good Greeting cards and blankets Packages of play, And I step out to nowhere Floating in air Way
0: John that
1: uh yeah yeah uh, so, this is uh, <laughs> who's,
0: who's this is a fraud band?
1: everybody listening this is a fraud <laughs> uh no it, it's uh the band is me and Susan Crocker playing trumpet and singing and um Todd Ziegler who is an actor type um playing drums and Derek Carpenter who is a beer type uh um, <laughs> playing bass nice nice <laughs> so
0: and so um now uh, you haven't—I bet you haven't gigged out in a long time in a while.
1: Not for a while. It's been a couple of months. Okay. I think I've been playing with Bridget Kalen here in town. Okay. more than I've been doing anything else. Okay, you know? so so we'll do little one-offs here and there. Uh, but and we're supposed to play. Well, when is this thing going to air? Uh,
0: probably.
1: Not that it matters because it's a podcast, so somebody yeah. will listen to it six months later or whatever. Yeah. You
0: know? uh, the answer is I don't know because re- yeah. I'm recording so many, so this is yeah. stacked up. You'll probably. Uh, going to be probably probably in April.
1: So, yeah, no anyway. good No good telling anybody yeah, about no, anything yeah. upcoming. Uh,
0: but if they wanted to do that, uh, um, you, you've got, is, is there, where, where do they where do they see your gigs? Is there a dancannon.com? Yeah, there's
1: visit? a thevaticanbank.com. Okay, the Vatican Bank. Um, or just, you know, find me on Facebook or Twitter okay. or something like that. Yeah.
0: And your, uh, your, your law blog, is that a Tumblr?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it is. A, it is a Tumblr, but it's got its own URL. So it's it's conflictscheckblog Okay.
0: And I was reading a bunch of that this morning, trying to keep up. Sometimes you get you get all in. But you did mention you you. you it's like you mentioned almost. You mentioned uh, Cameron Todd Willingham, which was which I got I got really into when McPerry oh, was running for president. Yeah. Was like you know he's a murderer. You know.
1: Yeah. Well. So. Yeah. No. I mean uh, the 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 death penalty has been a big thing for me for a long time. You know, ever since I was an undergrad. And oh. I, you know, I used to be actually very pro death penalty when I was really you know, a kid and real stupid and I didn't know anything about it and you get into reading about it It's like oh my god there's literally no justification for this there's no justification for it i mean even work. if you put one innocent person to death it just yeah and so i've become so staunchly anti-death penalty uh over the years that i just can't i mean i can't think about it any other way
0: do you it seems like uh, it feels to me like like with the exception of you know texas mm-hmm. it seems like there are fewer and fewer executions throughout mostly because you can't get the drugs anymore um, but it, it it seems to me like it's kind of on the wing. Pennsylvania just left elected Governor Wolf who wants to do away with it. Now he can't do it away with it personally because there's a, it's in the it's in our constitution, I believe, there's a death penalty clause in Pennsylvania.
1: What? oh okay. Uh, yeah. uh, I think
0: um, don't don't know yeah. me. I might be wrong, but he but he's not going to sign any death warrants.
1: Yeah, no, he can't yeah, he could do that or he could he could commute the sentences or you know, I yeah. mean, there's a lot of things a governor can do with executive power. You've seen that happen, you saw it happen with Governor Ryan in Illinois. Where he commuted everybody that was on death row before he, you know, got out of office it was yeah. probably one of the few things good that he did. But I don't know. Um,
0: Especially since those those Illinois governors tend to go they to jail. tend and he did <laughs> and he <laughs> okay. did, you know. So I
1: don't want to endorse the actions of a convicted felon governor too much. But hey, um, yeah, and and yeah, no, but Texas is is still going strong. You know, the interesting thing we've done all this research in Kentucky, and. In the last, I think that in the last 40 years, there's been something like three executions. Um, two of them asked for it. Two of them said, right. execute me. Because
0: um, you languor, is that a word? No, it's not. Yeah, well, uh, I, but I think for, it is. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, for, for what, you're 30 years, just hanging around, until, you know, and you're know, you not even in Gen POP.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, in, in California, I don't know if you read the story, um, it's been about a year now, the, or maybe, maybe last July, something like that. There's a federal judge, a, a W appointee that did away with California's death penalty altogether. Yeah. Said it's not constitutional. That's, I think that's up at the Ninth Circuit now, but I haven't heard anything more about it. Uh, but but basically because nobody ever gets put to death. Right. You know, you're on you're on death row and you're there, and you said it's, it's so random and so arbitrary and so crazy the way the whole system works that it's not constitutional. Right. And, and, I mean, I can't help but apply that to Kentucky and say, well, you know, two guys out of the three that have been executed in the last 40 years asked for it you got this other guy that just, you know, it's a drug crime. It's shooting a gas station clerk. It's not anything particularly horrible. Obviously, it's horrible.
0: Oh, and but it's not, cases, you know...
1: It, the you know. same
0: crime. One guy was paroled in 88 and the other guy went to death.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, so it was... Yeah, it, one of the guys has been out for years and years. This guy has been a model prisoner and hasn't done... And, and he's the one that gets... Put to death. And it's just like, that seems so arbitrary and random and insane to me yeah. that I don't know how you could ever, even if you assume that it's morally permissible for the state to put somebody to death, I don't see how you can ever square that with just basic constitutional principles of fairness. So,
0: so if uh, after this, this uh, marriage equality, if you had to choose another big topic uh, uh, and, uh, and, and make a run, uh, any
1: idea what that topic would be? Yeah, I mean, oh gosh, there's so much. <laughs> there's, <laughs> I was telling somebody the other day, so much to rail against in so little time. I mean, the death penalty is a big thing for me. Um, you know, the militarization of the police is a huge thing. What, yeah. what we call the militarization of Mayberry, where you've got these local sheriff's departments that have, you know, small armies and all this this gear that they've got from the Pentagon at a, uh, you know, at a fire sale. And... um you know they're using it to wage war on American citizens. That's a problem. Um, you know wage theft from migrant farm workers is a big problem. It's a big problem in Kentucky. It's a big problem all over the place, mm-hmm. and it's something that, that a lot of private lawyers on the ground um, won't touch with a thousand foot pole for one reason or another. You know, so uh-huh. so there's a lot out there. I mean, there's a lot to be angry about. A lot to and litigate. The, the over. the
0: Republican front runner Scott Walker is a big old right to work dude. That he just he just killed unions in uh, in in Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's going to be ugly, but I got to tell you, I am looking forward to the to the clown car of of the debates. That was that was the funnest TV show I ever saw in 2012.
1: Oh boy, yeah, uh, I just uh, I I am I'm kind of hoping um, that the Democrats will be able to trot some folks out. That, they they can't you know, though. I mean, she's already locked it up. It's, yeah, I mean that
0: So I'm gonna you know I'm gonna. I'm actually still registered Republican because in 2012, you know, my theory was when the circus comes to town, you buy a ticket. <laughs> and I wanted to vote for Newt Gingrich, of all the freaks. But I live in Pennsylvania, so May is the primary. In my entire life, I don't believe I have ever cast a meaningful primary vote for president. Because, you know, by May, it's already settled by Super 2. It's usually settled by January.
1: No, oh, it's, it's the same everywhere, and people are like, oh, gosh, there's so much voter apathy. I don't understand why voters right. would be apathetic to them, like, you know. Yeah. After you after a few years of seeing how the sausage is made, it's um, <laughs> You
0: have any desire to, to to run for office?
1: Oh no. No. Okay. No, 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 no. Not no. even run
0: a campaign or anything like
1: that? No, I mean, you know, the the what little intersection that I have in my line of work with politics, and I say little intersection. It's probably a lot. It's probably a lot more than I'm actually willing to admit. Um I like being partisan. I like to, you know, um stand up for people. I like to um, do all the things that litigators do. I don't like to do very much that politicians do. I don't like to get okay. involved in the politics of national organizations or anything like that. It's just not my cup of tea. Frank
0: Underwood um.
1: makes it look fun. <laughs> yeah. Now, see, I don't have time for television either. <laughs> I'm caught up on Breaking Bad, and it took me like eight years after the rest of human civilization to get caught up on that. I am caught up on The Walking Dead, though. So I'm Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I,
0: don't know. I, I lost them... When they spent the whole fucking season on the goddamn farm <laughs> talking, I was like, come on, yeah. shoot some fucking zombies. Yeah, no,
1: no, I got better after that, but yeah, yeah no, there was, there was a, uh, I lost it for a while there too, but now I'm caught up.
0: Okay. Well, we're going to, we're basically going to, going to wrap up here. Uh, so the Vatican bank is your band. Yes, sir. And then, D- D- and you played uh, sometimes with Bridget, Kalen, but we're going to, uh, I'm going to record with, uh, later. we're actually going to have brunch with her. Um, and uh, anything else? You Any plays
1: is your, is your wife and stuff. You, oh gosh, wife? yeah. Uh, well, she'll probably she's always doing something. Valerie Cannon is always doing something. Um, but in terms of like stuff that's coming up in the immediate future, we've just been so tunnel vision focused on the Supreme Court stuff. Nice. I don't know anything that's happening after April twenty eighth. Good for you, man. <laughs> so, nice. <laughs> hopefully something. Yeah.
0: Well, well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mazel Tov to you, and and very good luck, and thank you for uh, uh, tangibly making the world a better place beyond uh, strumming and talking about how things should be. You're actually working towards it. So well,
1: I think you are too. I think I think so. you and your ilk are all doing that too. So all right, keep excellent. it
0: up. So oh, so let's leave with one more song. You're going to take us out with uh, with another song. What are you going to play? What's what are you going
1: to play? Um, I'll make this one a surprise, but it'll be great.
0: Okay. <laughs> so whatever it is, you'll you'll send it to me. So thank you very much for being around, Dan. Uh, let's go have some vegetarian brunch. I have been Adam Brodsky This has been Rhymes Against Humanity. Please like the podcast Like Dan If you want to send him A mail about how he needs To accept Jesus So that uh, gays Can't have equal rights uh, You can send it to me And I'll forward it to him Because uh, God hates fags Everybody knows that Oh my goodness (laughs) So anyway Thank you so much For coming by Uh, Rhymes Against Humanity Y'all be be good I use (laughs) y'all And we are clear